Hey guys, it's Heaven from Just a Grown True Crime, and today I'm going to be telling you about this app called Anchor. It helped me start my podcast, and it can help you start yours. Anchor is a free app that lets you use it from your phone or your computer. So if you want to do it on the go, and you want to just record, you can record one. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more to get your own podcast out there. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you want in just one podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I did. What are you waiting for? Hey guys, welcome back to Just a Girl on True Crime. I'm your host, Heaven. And tonight, we're going to be talking about the disappearance of Kyron. Horman. Let me just turn up my volume real quick. I tried to record this last night, but my dumb self wrote in my silver metallic um, pen, so it made it very hard, even with my light at 100%, to read it. So hopefully this will be easier because I have my ring light on and I'm sitting on my computer desk with a candle lit, if that's what you hear in the background. And I also have Supernatural on in the background. And we're just going to sit here and jump right into this and record it. So hopefully you can hear me okay. I turned my volume up a little bit. Um, and we're just going to hop right into this story because I don't think there's anything to cover in this podcast. So like I said, we're just going to hop right to it. Alright, so let's talk about Kyron. So, Kyron was born on September 9th in 2002. His parents were Kane Horman and Desiree Young. My neighbors are very loud. Um, and he has been missing since June 4th, 2010. And he was only 7 years old when he went missing. So to be exact, from when I did my research, that is 10 years, 9 months, and 29 days. That's a long time. He went to school at Skyline Elementary School. His parents, Desiree and Kane, ended up divorcing only 8 months into her pregnancy with Kyron. And Desiree said they had, like, sight like um sighting ear oh my gosh what is that word that i can't read i don't know what i they just couldn't agree i can't read my rating in that one for some reason and they just had differences um but the two had been granted shared custody of Chiron up until 2004 and that was because Desiree was actually diagnosed with kidney failure that required extensive medical intervention so because of that Kane actually was granted full custody and took over but even though Kane had full custody Desiree still remained and had a very active 
part in Chiron's life and upbringing, so it didn't really matter because she was still there for Chiron. Okay? Um, in 2007, Kane ended up meeting a woman named Terry Malton. I think I pronounced her last name right. And she was born March 14th in 1970. She was a, substitu a substitute teacher originally from Roseburg, o Oregon. And Kane and Terry became romantically involved in 2001 in the midst of Kane and Desiree's divorce. Um, and then in 2007 as well, Kane went on to marry Terry. And a year later, in December of 2008, Terry had welcomed their first child together and it was a little girl and they named her Kira and I love that name so on the morning of June 4th 2010 Chiron was taken to school by his stepmother Terry who then stayed with him while he attended a science fair and I think his project was on the red tree frog. I believe that's what I saw. I didn't write that down, but I'm 100% sure that's what it was about. Terry stated that she had left the school around 8.45 and that she remembered seeing Chiron walk down the hall to his first class. However, he was never seen in his first class and it was his math class. And instead, he was actually marked down as absent that day. Terry's statements to the police indicated that after leaving the school at 8.45, she went to run errands at two different stores. Um, and they were called Fred Meyer, but they were two different stores, I guess. And they were grocery stores until 10 10 a.m that's pretty precise for you to have that exact time i'm a parent of two kids one is five and the other is two my youngest is two um and you know i can tell you the only thing i tell you precise time for my schedule is um that i get up at 5 30 I get my oldest up around like 6.15, 6.30, depending on his mood. I wake my youngest son up at 6.40, get them ready, um, pack them breakfast for their babysitters, you know, and then we leave the house 7, 7.05, try to leave at 7 on a good day, but sometimes a bad day is like at 7.05. Those are the only precise times I can actually tell you that I remember versus me doing errands. I could be like, oh yeah, I leave at this time and I was there so this. I I can't remember that. That's crazy. That's ludicrous. All right. So she had the times down pat for some reason, which is very weird to me. Um, And then between like 1139, Terry stated that she actually was driving her daughter around town in attempt 
to use the motion of her vehicle to soothe the toddler's earache. I mean, I would have just took her to the doctors, but yep, that's, I guess you could do that too. After that, Terry stated she then went to a local gym and she worked out about, she worked out about till like 1240 once again. I said, like with the grocery stores, that's a very precise time for you to have it like down pat. This is what I did until this time. And by 1.21 p.m., she arrived home and she posted photos of Kyron at the science fair on Facebook. And then I don't know what happened like after that up until 3.30. It wasn't clear, but at 3.30, Terry, Kane, and their daughter, Kira, had all walked down to the bus stop to meet Kyron because he was off, he was getting off school basically. But the bus driver had ended up telling Kane and Terry that Kyron had not boarded the bus after school. However, they ended up calling the school to ask about his whereabouts. And that is when they found out that, hold on, I lost my spot. Okay, they were only to be informed that the school secretary, um, as far as anyone there, knew that Kyron had not been in school that day and he has been marked absent that whole day he just never showed up which is weird after realizing that Chiron was actually missing the secretary then decided to call 911 to report him missing um the search for Chiron was very extensive and primarily focused on a two mile radius around skyline elementary school and salvate Island, I'm pretty sure I pronounced that wrong. Um, and that was approximately six miles away. But law enforcement did not disclose their reasons for searching where they did. And it, it um, included that island that they searched. Um, so like I said, yeah, they just did not, they just didn't disclose anything for it. I'm guessing if I had to assume they were trying to cover their bases of all the close places around of where he was last seen, but I'm not really sure. So flash forward to June 9th, 2010, the, Harm the Horman family, who had initially refused to speak to any social media, released a statement to the press, and here's what they said. Kyron's family... Would like to say thank you for support and interest in finding their son. The outpouring of support and continuing effort strengthens their hope. We need folks to continue to assist us in our goal. Please search your properties, cars, outbuildings, said 
sheds, seds, sheds, etc. Also, check with your neighbors and friends who may be on vacation or may need assistance in searching. There are a lot of resources here to help you search, so please don't stop. It is obviously a difficult time and they want to speak to the public so you can hear it from Chiron's family as they come together to share their message. Their objects, their objectives is to keep the focus on Chiron and not about anything else. On June 12th, obviously 2010, around 300 trained resources were on the ground searching wooded areas near the elementary school in the search for Chiron, which spanned over 10 days. And it was one of the largest searches in Oregon history. And it included over 1,300 people. I'm sorry, not people. Jeez. It included over 1,300 searches from Oregon to Washington and to California. That's a lot. A reward was posted for information leading to the discovery of Chiron, which was initially $25,000, and then it expanded to $50,000 in late July of 2010. And now I'm just going to take you back a month. So in late June 2010, in the midst of the investigation into Chiron's disappearance, Kane Horman was reportedly told by investigators that Terry had offered their landscaper, Rodalfo Sanchez, a lot of money to kill him. Sanchez then testified in a deposition that Terry approached him to kill her husband in January of 2010. Five months before Chiron actually went missing. That's pretty strange if you ask me. But when Terry's attorney, Stephen Poos, asked if Terry had asked him to kill her husband, he said no. Um, Then the investigators tried to get Sanchez to, like, make her confess um and they set him up with a wire but they were unable to obtain actually any evidence and they could not make an arrest because she didn't admit to anything now i will tell you at the end of my standpoint of where this is at sorry i blew out my candle getting a little annoying um, I was, like I said, I will tell you my standpoint on the end. Um, I do have to say that I have no way of knowing that anybody is guilty until they are proven guilty in a court of law and they are innocent until proven guilty. But 
from what I read about this case, a lot of people think this one person has done it, um, but she is innocent until otherwise. Um, but a lot of people have the same have the same opinion. So back to the story. On June 28, Kane actually filed for divorce and obtained a restraining order against Terry. The divorce was granted and Terry was eventually granted supervised visitation with their daughter. During this time, Terry actually failed two separate polygraph exams regarding Chiron's disappearance. And in August 2010, it was announced that law enforcement were searching for an individually allegedly seen by two witnesses sitting inside Terry's truck outside of Skyline Elementary School on the day of his dis of Chiron's disappearance. Bruce McCain, a former sheriff's officer, told CBS News the identity of that second person, if he or she existed, could be crucial in determining what happened to Kyron at 9 a.m. I'm sorry, not at, after 9 a.m. on June 4th, 2010. Meanwhile, in July 2010, so now we're going to fast forward back a little bit, I'm sorry, because we were in August. A Multnomah County Grand Jury subpoenaed several friends of Terry Horman, including Dee Dee Spitcher, whom Young and Kane Horman described as having been clo in close communication with Terry and providing Terry with support and advice that is not in the best interest of our son. Hold on, let me turn my TV down. It's not loud, but let me turn it down a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like one seven. Okay. Oh, where was I? Okay, yep. Um, so... Spitcher was basically providing Terry with support and advice. Like I said, that was not in the best entrance interest of their son. According to law enforcement, Spitcher abrupt, abruptly left her work gardening for a homeowner at their residence on on Germantown Road in Northwest Portland around 11.30 a.m. and returned 90 minutes later. And I'm going to share my opinion on this person as well. I haven't seen anything, but when I did this case, I definitely found some things that just didn't sit right with me. And I think listening to it more, you'll kind of understand where I'm coming from. And I can't be the only one who thinks about it.
She also allegedly helped Terry purchase an untraceable cell phone. Right? We're just going to let that sink in real quick. She helped her purchase an untraceable cell phone. Why would you need to help someone purchase an untraceable cell phone? That's bizarre. It was 2010. We all had phones. Alright. During this time, Spencer told a journalist, There's this horror that my friend is going through. And if I thought for a second, I'm put my page, that she was capable of foul play, I would have not been there. She would have not been my friend in the first place. In early of August 2010, both Young and Kane were subpoenaed and testified during a grand jury, as well as the school principal of Skyline Elementary. And in December of 2010, it was reported that reported by the or Gainan that the grand jury had yet to provide compelling evidence yielding a potential indictment so they just I guess didn't have anything by November 29th in 2010 I'm sorry if I'm jumping dates, but it's literally what I found, like dates, and then I found a little bit, and then I couldn't find anything else, and it would skip to a next date. Stay with me, guys. By November 29, 2010, search efforts in Kyron's case had costed an estimate of $1.4 million, according to county commissioners, and yielded 4,257 tips. That's a lot of tips, and that's a lot of money to put into a case to try and help and find this little boy. Yes, he really needs to be found, and, you know, it's just crazy how many tips they got, and whoo, it just blows my mind, guys. All right. In May, so now we're going to jump fast forward to seven years. In May 2017, it was reported by KGW that a secret grand jury panel continued to hear evidence in Kyron's disappearance and and had convented on multiple occasions. So they got together a lot. During the report on Kyron's case, it was described still active and ongoing. Two months later, in July 2017, law enforcement conducted further searches along Skyline Boulevard, but the searches searches yielded no results so they still couldn't find anything in 2017 
in June, a year later, in June 2018, Kyron's mom, Desiree, posted on the official Facebook page, Find Kyron Horman, stay tuned, something is coming, I promise you. Um, and that's really all she posted on that, and now I'm going to actually take you back um, to 2012, um, and it'll make sense. On June 1st, 2012, Kyron's mother, Desiree, ended up filing a civil lawsuit against Terry, claiming that she was the one responsible for Kyron's disappearance. The lawsuit attempted to prove that Terry had kidnapped Kyron on the day he disappeared. Desiree sought $10 million in damages from Horman. On August 15, 2012, a federal court judge denied a motion by Terry to delay the lawsuit. And jumping forward to early October 12th, I'm not 12, October 2012. Remember her friend, Speencher, Speener, however I pronounced it, refused to answer 142 questions during a deposition regarding Young's lawsuit. Amongst these questions were ones regarding Speencher's whereabouts on June 4th in 2010 and her contact with Terry that day. She also declined to identify a photo of Kyron, whether she met him before or not, and whether she knew his father, Cain. So, that definitely seems suspicious, if you ask me. But I'm going to hold all my comments and concerns to the end. <laughs> During testimony provided by Cain Horman in a separate hearing the same year he stated that police had told him they have more probable cause to think that terry horman was involved in kyron's disappearance than they did two years ago so it definitely seems that her the evidence against her is actually stacking up but we'll get to that on July 30th, in 2013, it was announced that Desiree had actually dropped the lawsuit against Terry, so it would not interfere with the um, ongoing police investigation. So, she, like I said, like I just told you, she, her, his mom ended up dropping it, so it would not, I guess, mess anything up. And whatnot, which that's fine. I guess people do that, but I, I mean, she's the mom, she can do it. That That's perfectly fine. And she didn't probably want to like really risk anything at the same time. And now we're gonna flash forward to 2016. In 2016, Terry Horman actually appeared on the Dr. Phil show. 
and told him that she was advised from the very beginning by law enforcement, her husband at the time, by the attorneys in the beginning not to say anything. Um, and she always wanted to and she asked them multiple times to speak out and she said she was simply just not allowed to that everybody told her no it's best just to relax and keep quiet and don't say anything so that's what she says she also does deny having any involvement in Kyron going missing and she also stated her belief that he actually was kidnapped at and this is what she added there was a man in a white pickup truck Ford parked on highway 30 at the 7-eleven which is not near his elementary school he was acting very strangely and he was addressed by one of the employees because he had been pacing back and forth in front of the 7-Eleven for about an hour. I mean, I think that if an employee saw that, I mean, can't you get someone from like, just like standing, isn't it like called um loitering where they're just like standing around or like pacing and not in the store, they're just kind of like hanging out? I mean, wouldn't one of the wouldn't one of the employees think, "Hey, maybe we should call the cops?" I don't know. But that is what she said on Doctor Phil that she is not responsible for Kyron going missing, and she really doesn't know what happened to him. There is a book out called "Boy Missing: The Search for Kyron Horman." written by Rebecca Morris and it was released in May 2020. The book claims um Kyron's regular bus driver page, a classmate and two of the classmate family members and witness Kyron walking through the school parking lot with Terry Horman and her daughter on July 4th, 2010. I'm actually probably going to order this book when I get paid so I actually can read it and then I can update you of how it is and how much information's in it. There was also a um, episode on television. I don't know why I said television. Maybe sound old. On TV. And the show was called Real Life Nightmare. I'm sorry, that's not the episode. That is the TV show name called Real Life Nightmare. And it's an episode called Vanished from School in Season 2, Episode 2. I'm actually going to look that up. And it was on Discovery ID. And the episode aired November 15, 2020. Um, and unfortunately, still to this day, in 2021, Kyron still has not been found. They don't know where he's at. 
which is super sad. Um, there can there there have been some promising insights and the case investigators and Kyron's family are actively still working on the case. And they're just hoping that of all the bad that happened, if there's anything good that can happen, is they have an end to actually what happened to Kyron. Um, I think I also read that his parents also believe that Kyron is deceased since it's been 10 years. You know, and he's probably what, he's, um, if he was missing since he was seven, he is 18, 18 years old by now, but you know, that's still their baby. Um, and, you know, if he is deceased, they probably just want to bring him home so they can properly say goodbye. I could not imagine what these parents are going through. It is a huge fear of mine to have something happen like that. And I wasn't going to do the case, but I saw the case and... It really touched me. I mean, children cases, they mess me up, but when kids are still missing, I believe they should still be talked about, and maybe there's a hope that he's still alive. But if I read correctly on some sites, his parents, like I said, do think he is deceased. I mean, it'd be hard to hide a kid for 10 years, I would think. Um, and now I'm going to tell you what my theories on who did this to Kyron. I'm going to say, like I said earlier, I'm not saying that anybody is guilty. That is not my call. They are innocent until proven guilty by the court of the law. Court of law, not court of the law. Personally, like everybody thinks, I also read, you know, in the lawsuit when Desiree said it, she thinks Terry had a, not a, when she thinks that Terry had something to do with Kyron's disappearance, I fully agree that she had something to do with his disappearance. And you know what? I'm actually kind of thinking that her friend had something to do with it some type of knowledge or helped her in some type of way because why would you help your friend get an untraceable cell phone and you couldn't answer the 142 questions in the deposition you wouldn't identify Kyron's photo um you wouldn't identify like if you knew his dad it's just a lot of things that just don't add up and especially since Terry was the actually only last person to see her, 
not her, I'm sorry, to see him? I mean, come on, that doesn't make sense. And people said they saw you leaving the school parking lot with him. And with you and your daughter and him. I mean, so come on. I mean, I hope justice is brought. And I hope, 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 hope his family gets the reassurance and the peace they've been finally looking, finally been looking for, for, for 10 years. That's a long time. But I believe Terry and possibly, like I said, her friend did something. And if her friend wasn't involved with it, she possibly maybe covered it up. But these are just my opinions. I'm not accusing anybody. So nobody be like, you know, heaven's accusing so-and-so of this thing. No, these are just my opinions. These are the facts I found that don't make a lot of sense to me. And it's, it's just sad. And I'm very sad for the family. But guys, that is the disappearance of Kyron Horman. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. It's, uh, I love that name and I've never heard it before. Um, so join me. Actually, real quick. This will be released tomorrow. I'm act I actually... Pre-recorded on a Tuesday night. Um, so when you guys get this, it'll be Wednesday. Um, and Friday we are actually taking a trip to Canada. Um, I can tell you the case. It is the case about Carla Homoka and Paul Bernardo. Let me just say, I've heard about this case. It's sickening. But I wanted to switch it up. I was... I wanted to do a case in Canada, so Canada, I'm coming to you. Um, and that is it, guys. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's just a girl in true crime. If you want to send me an email, it's at just a girl in true crime at gmail.com. If you want to join the Facebook group, it's just a girl in true crime. I think that's it for all my social medias. Um my other Instagram, I mean, my main Instagram link is on my Just a Girl in True Crime. You know, just in case people want to check me out. I'm trying to get out there, guys. And that is where we're going to end. And I will be talking to you guys Friday. Thank you for all your support. I appreciate everybody. You guys are just awesome. I love sitting here at 9.30 at night, just kind of just kind of talking to my phone. It's definitely nice. Just, you know, to find something that I love to do other than being a mom. Um, definitely my hobby that I found that I pushed myself to stick to, you know. Now I'm just rambling, so I'm sorry. But I thought I'd just give up about, I thought I was going to give up by now. And I was like, I can't do this. And, you know, when I see I have, like, new listeners or, like, from someone from, like, a different country, I get super excited. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, my most recent one, um, Denmark. 
And I got one. I was like, oh, people from Denmark are listening. I'm like, oh, that's super exciting. Um, but I support everybody. People from the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Denmark, Finland, Sweden, Slovakia, France, Chile. There's a lot more of you and I... I can't remember and then I'll look and be like oh that's the one I'm missing but I do support all of you guys you guys make me so happy when people I new people come in it's awesome I thought about starting a patreon account but I'm not sure a hundred percent yet I kind of want to get my listeners up a little bit and that's why I'm trying to like get out content as much as possible so I can give it to you guys and stay on top of it and just do what I do. Thank you everyone for listening to me and listening to these rants that I'm just talking on my phone in this chair is very uncomfortable. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to sit here. I'm just going to relax and watch Supernatural and then, you know, probably do a little bit more research on the, our Canada case and I hope to be looking forward to having you guys all listen and thank you so much and I think when and ranting so I will be talking to you guys Friday <laughs>